And we're back on the hunt. We have Supernatural Season 4, Episode 22, Lucifer Rising. I'm Chris Barrows. And my name's Dan Cummins. Welcome back to the best Supernatural podcast on the air. This is a show where Chris and I rewatch every episode of our favorite show. We break down the plot topics and themes of each episode and maybe even dig out some of the details you missed the first time around. Season finale, Chris. Here we are. Lucifer Rising. I mean, this right off the top, Chris. Let's just let's just put it out there. Yeah. 9.3. Yep. One of two episodes that Eric Kripke has directed. I am shocked by that fact, Chris. I looked this up. He's only directed two episodes. This is his show. Now he's written a lot of them, right? But to only direct two of them, you gotta expect a high rating from this one. Kripke is the man. I'm a massive, massive Kripke fan. The boys, Chris, you and I are both huge fans of that show. You know this episode is going to be good, and man, is it. It is a stellar season finale and just a great episode on its own. If it wasn't a finale, it would still be a fantastic episode. Yeah, it, this this is one of those where if he directs it, you do know it's going to be good because he's directed two, and they're both good. Yes. You know, This one is a 9.3. As you said, it aired on May 14th. 2009 and this one is the brothers are in very different places ready to fight the apocalypse but uh the how is the question in this one and that's what i like about it because we come into this episode and we say what the hell are they gonna do and up front they don't even jump us right into the present day and no. talk about a really fun way to flash back and show us where everything's gonna happen we do a flashback where you've got essentially the yellow demon possessing a priest killing a bunch of nuns and essentially saying that lucifer needs to find lucifer essentially telling me needs to find a special boy you got to break 66 seals like essentially like everything right within a short scene it speaks perfectly to just a few lines of dialogue though i mean this is a little bit more than a few lines but i mean you set up with a flashback that is powerful because a priest killing a bunch of nuns. Certainly I'm sure this upset somebody, but it, it was an incredibly impactful opening scene that sets up the place where we know the battle's going to end one way or the other. Yeah. It's, it's yellow eyes origin story. And this is what I've been wanting since the show started, Chris, that's what everyone has been wanting, right? Like season one, episode one, Sam was chosen for some reason. What was that reason? We don't know until now. And we realize that Yellow Eyes, Azazel, he has been looking for Lucifer for a long time. And in fact, so many other demons, you know, other princes of hell, they've given up. They said, you know, fuck it. <laughs> Lucifer is not on our radar anymore. We're going to leave him alone, but not Yellow Eyes. Yellow Eyes says, no, I'm going to do what it takes to find Lucifer and I'm going to raise him. And we're going to start the apocalypse and we're going to take over. And yeah, to do that, he had to kill a bunch of nuns and through a dead nun, he actually communicates with Lucifer. We haven't seen Lucifer yet, Chris. He's been talked about. Is he real? Is he fake? Is he just a story? We don't know. And in fact, we don't even know if God's real, right? So like Lucifer is a huge character that hasn't even been seen yet. This opening scene was fantastic. We know who Lilith is, but now we know what the actual like story is. Lilith has to break all the seals and it turns out Lilith herself is the last seal. And that's where we pick up with Sam and Dean. Yeah, and they're in two different places. Dean's hanging out at Bobby's house and refusing to call Sam, doing really a whole lot of nothing. I mean, 
I, I mean, if, I mean, honestly, that he's not doing a whole lot. He's just kind of hanging out and nope, screw this. I'm not calling Sam. Bobby's like, you need to make up with your brother. Meanwhile, Sam's off torturing Lilith's minions trying to find Lilith. So is either one really doing that something that great? No. I, I mean, Sam's approach is what it is and is it necessary? You could argue it is. Um, but we know the whole truth to this situation because we've obviously rewatched this. We've seen this show. Now we're rewatching. Um, meanwhile, you know, Dean not wanting to call Sam, you understand it has said they're not talking to each other. So they're not at the start of this episode in a place where you can even feel like they're going to win in any way or form. And let's be real. They don't really win in this episode at all. Like this whole episode goes to show, um, you know, you made the reference to Thanos uh, last episode. This goes to show you when you are divided against the big bad, sometimes you don't win. You got to pull together as a team. And, you know, this is the equivalent of of that fight that, that we see in many other movies. I, I referenced that one just because you talked about Thanos last episode. But, I mean, they're not in a great position. And, yeah, they're not going to be at the end of this. Yeah, totally, Chris. You you said they're in two different places. They are, both physically and mentally, right? Sam is being practical. He's going to use that word again. Sam thinks he's being practical. He has this ability to drink demon blood and, you know, be strong enough to beat the bad guy. That's a that's a practical solution. Like from from a certain point of view, you can agree with Sam. Dean on the other hand, he's being idealistic, right? Dean doesn't have an answer on how to beat Lilith, but he knows he's going to hold himself to a higher standard than drinking demon blood. He knows better than that. Right. So neither of them are actually talking to each other. Dean has a really hard conversation with Bobby at the start here, Chris. And I wanted to highlight this because Bobby basically says, hey, man, call your brother. And Dean says, no, man, you should have seen it. Like Sam slapped me around. I said, if you don't if you walk through that door, don't come back. And Bobby just hollers at him. You think family's supposed to make you feel good? You want them to bake you an apple pie? Grow up, Dean. Family is supposed to make you miserable. And he says, you know what? You sound like your dad. You sound like John. But you know what, Dean? You're better than your dad. You're a better man than your dad ever was. Grow up. Call your brother. You know that, you know, blood is more important than any quarrel you might get into with Sam. Like, you better go do something. And Bobby, yep. man, we talk about Bobby being the adopted father. This is such a great moment for Bobby. I mean, arguably the most important conversation or a bit of dialogue that Bobby's had in the series so far, Chris. I mean, it was it was such a driving point for Dean, and actually it kicks Dean into action, you could say. Now, he's he's trapped for most of the episode, Chris. Immediately after that conversation, he turns around and he's in the green room, or the beautiful room, as Kripke calls it. But that conversation is really important because Dean has sort of a, a, you know, a brain blast, if you will, to quote Jimmy Neutron. He says, yeah, you know what, Bobby, you're right. Despite how Sam has hurt my feelings, I can't give up on this kid. He's my brother. We have to stick together. It was a really great scene. Yeah, and I love it because he does get transferred to the green room. Dean spends most of this time in the beautiful room, which is where the angels manage reality. Um, Dean does leave Sam voicemail apologizing for calling him a monster, but this room has got hamburgers. It's like yeah. he is Zachariah at one point offers to bring him beautiful women. Like it, yep. it's just like he's like, we just want to save you for battle, mm. you know. And in the long run, Dean's got a lot of thinking to do in this room. He's going to get some news broken to him. 
when he's here. But while that's happening, after Dean's initially brought there, Sam's found St. Mary's Convent in Maryland, which is the same church from the flashback. And he's listened to Dean's voice, but it's been altered from what Dean actually said. So now Sam is upset and he basically says, screw this. He kills a minion and drinks that minion's blood. So he is a, he's as, he's basically a vampire of demons at this point. You know, like he's, he's, he's off, uh, he's off his rocker completely. And that vengeance, that goal of revenge is all that is on his mind. And it's dark. He's in a dark place. Both boys felt like they were going the right direction. They, neither one, really really has but what choice were they given and that's the question you start to bring up like really what do you do in that situation you lose you know potentially right but the winning methods don't seem to be that great either no no and you're right sam is prepared to die he says as much he says you know it's pretty bold of you to assume ruby that i anticipate a future after this he's he's very point blank about that he's ready to die worth noting though chris sam does have some real doubts in this episode like he he pauses a lot to say do i want to do this like maybe dean was right like he does have those moments but yeah the most important moment is the voicemail and clearly the angels have tampered with it right because the voicemail is not what dean said in fact it's the opposite it's doubling down on calling him a monster and saying you know you, you, I don't recognize you anymore, Sam. And that really is like the, the sticking point for Sam. But they're both being manipulated. Like you said, Dean thinks he's being held captive because he is some kind of shiny sword, right? Dean is going to be used to defeat Lilith. It comes to his attention pretty quickly that, oh, actually, no, um, we want Lilith to die. But, but, but more than that, we want the apocalypse to start because Lilith actually is the last seal. And when you kill Lilith, Lucifer is going to be freed and that means the apocalypse starts and we have a pretty good bet that we're going to beat the demons like the way Zachariah delivers this it's like wow you guys are really gambling on a win here and when you do win Dean asks like what is that going to look like right and he goes well it's going to be paradise on earth humans doesn't look too good for you but you Dean we have a solution for you don't you worry we're going to get you 60 sluts and two virgins what I said uh, was what I think he said Chris it was really funny but yeah, Dean, like he thinks he has committed himself to the angels to spare his brother. But no, Sam still has to kill Lilith and Dean will still have to pay ultimately the price, which is the angels have been screwing him this whole time, man. And Dean's hunch about that has been right. And you can see it in his face. Jensen delivered it uh, beautifully, I thought. The look in his face was, oh, you little shits. I knew you were screwing me this whole time. I, I was a really great scene, I thought. Yeah, but this is where Castiel finally makes his final decision. He's had some back and forth. Yeah. And he draws a sigil on the wall to get rid of Zachariah. Now, naturally, an angel sigil is going to get rid of all angels. So it is mm-hmm. what it is uh, in that s- situation. But, you know, when it comes down to it, they, they get rid of Zachariah and they visit Chuck, who's able to locate Sam. So they're not, they're just looking for Sam. They have no thought process of, Sam's where Lilith is, right? But this is where all of it's coming together. And Chuck to the rescue. Here we are. And we can go into our debate about Chuck. Did was Chuck kind of pigeonholed into that last season? You start to see it because some of the decisions Chuck makes in his early season, like you really like Chuck for a reason. Yeah. Um, and so it's interesting that Chuck is part of this, 
But again, seasons one through five, very separate in a lot of ways with the writing, obviously. Mm-hmm. Now, Sam, look, we're at this pinnacle moment. We could spend a lot of time talking about really the last five minutes. And I think that's where we're going to spend the bulk of his time. Yep. The green room is an interesting scene. It's it's much longer than what we've talked about. But when Dean arrives and Sam is essentially about to kill Lilith, this is where everything hits. Ruby first locking Dean out and essentially is taunting him. Like Ruby starting to show a few signs of, wait a minute, what's happening here? She's not even going to let Dean in. Like, would Dean really be able to stop Sam? Not really. What's the... And here it is. Locks him out. And then Sam kills Lilith and his eyes turn black. It is yeah. his darkest freaking... He's about to lose his humanity. That is yeah. it. Now, he doesn't... He has not officially lost it at that point. That's when the moment is ready. He's about to lose it. He needs someone to save him. That someone is outside the door, and that's Dean. Yeah, and and the look on Sam's face is relief and, and joy when he is torturing Lilith. Like that's what he's been working for the last two seasons, right? That has been driving him is revenge. And Sam hears Dean, and he almost stops. And then Lilith does some of her taunting of her own. You know, she goes. That's so cute that you're having doubts. You know, I thought you were this big, bad guy, but like you're still contemplating whether or not you should do this. And, he, you know, she, she basically almost taunts Sam into completely annihilating her. And that's exactly what he ends up doing. Like he om- Dean almost got through. And you could argue, Chris, that if Dean had gotten through the doors, he would have gotten Sam to step down. But Ruby had a part to play. Right. Let's get into that. Sam kills Lilith. And Ruby reveals herself to be a double agent for Lilith. And that is like the ultimate drop, Chris, because none of the none of the, the demons knew about her. The only person that knew about her being a double agent was Lilith, not even Alistair. That in itself is a huge reveal. And is it all that surprising? I mean, not really. It's another point for Dean, right? Dean had a hunch and he was right again. And Sam is devastated by that, Chris. Like Sam for whatever reason, seems like he couldn't have seen that coming. Is that a little off for Sam? I don't know. I mean, he's been manipulated. He's been poisoned by the demon blood, as he says. I kind of feel like Sam should have expected this a little bit. But again, they didn't realize that killing Lilith was actually breaking a seal in itself. They I don't think anyone should, because I remember first time I saw this, I didn't expect that part. I yeah. did think they had to kill Lilith. Right. And the Stop twist it. of Ruby, yeah, I mean, she was bad. You almost would have thought it was more for her own endeavors, right? Mm-hmm. Something of power. And to some extent, sure, maybe. But this is really such a larger scale piece of the puzzle uh, that the fact that she did this. And I do like the fact that she reveals, like, all these people didn't know. They really fought. So she was putting herself at risk. I'm not yeah. calling her heroic, because by no means was she heroic. But she put herself at risk. So she did take a calculated risk that this is worth it. I'm going to pretend to play the other side. She's been playing all sides at this yeah. point, really. And uh, what a moment. And the, the, the big thing to me wasn't that. It was that Sam never needed the demon blood. Then the demon blood was infecting him, but the power was always there. It was mm. confidence. And the one thing Sam really never had, you could argue Sam and Dean both lacked this a lot, confidence in themselves. 
Yeah. So Sam had the power in him the entire time. The demon blood was really a placebo. The demon blood was a placebo. That's the bottom line here. And wow, that 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 hit hard. You could see that in in, in Sam's face in the scene that like, holy crap. Yeah, big time. Because look, Sam killed a lot of innocent people to drink that blood, right? In this final episode, Chris, Sam doesn't want to kill the RN, the nurse, to to get that final juice up because he actually feels bad about gutting these innocent people, right? The hosts of these demons. Sam has killed a lot of innocent people, and now he has the fact to face that he didn't need to do that to beat <laughs> to beat Lilith. I mean, it's it really is kind of a shock to the system. But with the help of Sam, right? Sam's pissed that he has been deceived so badly sam holds down ruby dean kills her and that's goodbye for ruby at least for a little bit chris uh this is uh, genevieve jared's wife her last appearance as ruby until a flashback in season 15 i believe so yep. we can say goodbye to her i know a lot of people prefer the first version of ruby i'm one of them chris but you know to say goodbye to genevieve i, I think she did an okay job especially as she started to get going in this season um Nonetheless, we're going to miss her as Ruby. But yeah, that's the end for Ruby, but the beginning for Lucifer. And man, Lucifer, top three villain, Chris, throughout the whole yeah. show. The actor, fantastic. Mark Pellegrino, he's coming. Yeah, and and like there's this beam of light from the spiral of Wolf's Blood, which watching talk about so cool. Talk about cinematography there, the, the spiral, the way the blood's going. Yeah. Lucifer's freed, the flash of light, the look on Sam Dean's face. Sam is saying, like, I thought I was right. Like, yeah, but but the beautiful thing about all of this to me was it starts a lot of this. It started with Dean coming out from hell. Hmm. It starts with the return, him torturing and returning from hell. And Sam finishes it. They're both at fault in the end. And you can't argue that now one less you know anyone i think would have broken in hell quite frankly um except for john winchester apparently by the way you know yeah for all the the issues we people might have with john he didn't break strong hell and they so you know there it is uh you know a few fun things in this episode by the way uh loose risings title track of an ep released by candle mass in 2008 uh when lucifer cage opens it opens with this bright light uh, which is appropriate. I did because Lucifer's name literally means bringer of light. Did yeah, ironic. <laughs> I, I really didn't know that. Um, now note that in that room that Dean's being held in, by the way, there's a painting of the archangel Michael. Uh, so we know Dean's meant to be uh, the vessel for Michael. So there it is. It's it's it's, it's the writing is literally on the wall. Uh, but yeah, I, I, this episode, I, I just have to say phenomenal ending, really phenomenal season. There was more filler in this season than I remembered. Uh, and, and I'm interested in if I'm going to enjoy season four, or season five more in this rewatch, yeah. but we'll get into a lot of that in our recap. I'm going to encourage people to tune in. We will drop our recap literally the day after this one drops. So you will get to hear that shortly after you don't have to wait a week uh, and that will be our normal like 45 minute to an hour long episode where we really break down everything favorite episodes but man uh, this episode it it really it really landed and i'm just so glad that we are into this final 
arc of these first five seasons because season five is a hoot. I and I know that much. It's great. This is the first half of the golden age. People call this the golden age of supernatural, Chris. We are now 50% through with that. So it's actually kind of a bittersweet thing for me. I've had a lot of fun rewatching season four, and I know that it's going to come to an end at some point with the end of season five. But then, of course, we get into the silver age of supernatural, which some people say is season six through season eight, I believe. And so that'll still be fun to see them. How do you continue after an apocalypse, right? We're going to rewatch that and see just how well they deal with it or not. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to the recap. Make sure you come back. We're going to share our favorite episode, our least favorites, our favorite guest characters, moments, all that good stuff. Um, so make sure you subscribe so that you're alerted when that comes out. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Reddit. We're trying to have engaging conversations over there. And if you're on Reddit, look for us. We just put out, you know, what do you think of season four? Tell us what your favorites and least favorites were. We'll include it on the show. Um, Chris, looking forward to it. We're putting an end to season four. I can't believe I'm saying that this, you know, the show has been a lot of fun and it just, it, like I said at the top here, reaffirms my love for Supernatural. It really does. Yeah. And it's crazy. End of season four. That's four out of 15 done already season wise with this show, but we've got a lot more work to do, Dan, a lot more work. So it's fair to say that that is it for this week. We will be back though, because after all, we've got work to do.